and I want to ask if our guests have arrived. Padre Paul, Reverend Virginia, Monk <coughs> Thomas Hildebrand, are you with us? I am. Yes, we are here. Welcome. Here. Yes. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> Thank you, Renee, as we open this new series called The Mystic Path. So thank you, Renee. You just really set the tone very nicely for us. And Virginia and, and Thomas, welcome to a Zoom teleclass with Celebrating Life. Thank you so much, thank, Padre. Thank you, Padre. This is a brand new series, and I know I'm expecting great things from the Holy Spirit, from the entities of light. And what is your impression? I'll start with you, Virginia. What's your impression of this mystic path, what, what do you expect out of this for you personally? And then I'll share that with Thomas also. Well, it's already been a journey just going on this path, preparing for this. So I've already been in a swirl of, I would, I would describe it as grace, but I also know in my heart, what I really want is for everyone tonight to receive an anointing and that they, they will experience and have called forth in them if they so choose that mystic within themselves. So I'm feeling a stirring. Yes, <laughs> I'm with you here. <laughs> I can't wait. And you're going to be our special guest tonight, you know, leading the way. So I'm really looking forward to that, Virginia. So Brother Thomas, what is your feeling or expectation for this series for yourself? I've I felt the last couple months since you asked me to do this, that the talk has been doing me. I've been feeling like I'm, it's beautiful. What, what you said, Virginia, I feel like I was anointed. I, that's that feeling like my cup is running over, like everywhere I went and no matter what I was doing, I was caught up in the spirit of this thing, this, and I have, a, I have a quote from Ron Waroth about a mystic. Can I read it, Padre? Sure, go right ahead. A mystic is a person on a path of God, wanting above all else to know God, to experience God, to find God, to be enlightened by God. One who has decided consciously to make God the supreme priority of their life and all of life becomes an adventure in discovering God. Mm. Wow. So that, there, that's what I've been living with. To the presence. Ron stated that very well. And I think I caught that from him. Not knowing these, the language I think we're going to be talking about in this series. But it's really about entering in in an individual way to that very presence. So with that said, Thomas, would you open our series with prayer? I'd love to. Blessed Mother, Blessed Father, we are your sons and daughters. We are also mothers and fathers, heirs to your eternal glory. Holy Spirit, Yeshua, Mother Mary, the communion of saints, Ascended Masters, Ron Ra, come sit close to us, pray through us, bless us. 
We are part of your current. We are still and innocent in your presence. We come to you wholeheartedly and empty so we can be filled with your living water, with your light of life. Heal our wounds, heal our pains. Bring us back to a state of your divine grace where miracles can transform us in all we pray for. Loosen our ties to the power of the world and let us be light bearers of your original love of God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Wow. Wow. That's an opening for sure. That you know, opening of the heart. I love that. I just want to welcome anyone who's for the first time for celebrating life. We want to welcome you. And then our not old spiritual family, but all our friends and family of Celebrating Life. We see you. We appreciate you being on this call for this three-part series. Because to me, it can be life-changing. I know it has been for me and my spiritual walk. And I'm sure Thomas and Virginia will also share those sediments and also share some of these experiences that we've had that. So if I was to ask you, Virginia, what does it mean to be on a spiritual path? Tell us a little bit about that and what we're going to be learning. Well, the spiritual path is complex. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be talking about that quite a bit tonight in terms of the mystic's path. So, you know, I think we enter in and we wish so much to join in union with the divine. And then we find on the way that we are challenged and we are also simultaneously graced. And so I will be speaking about that with everyone this evening. I look forward to that. And your topic tonight is come follow me. So yes, it is. All ears, Virginia. <laughs> are we ready to go? We sure are. Okay. Okay. So I must admit that even before we begin this discussion, that I was a little daunted when Padre asked me to speak about the mystic's path because I was feeling a little inadequate for the request. It's a very daunting subject. And I felt like there were so many CLM members, monks, bishops, ordained, who are so qualified and poetic and eloquent and philosophical to speak on this subject. So I ended up really asking the Holy Spirit for help. So what I'm offering you tonight is from my heart. It was my path but we all know that the paths are universal and there are many ways to come to the divine. So when I speak tonight about my path, I really hope that you'll transform that into your beloved and that you will translate that into a language that works best for you. But meanwhile, come follow me. This is the subject matter that the Padre gave me and it was recommended by the Holy Spirit. And I love this picture. I love this picture because it looks so simple and it looks so inviting and so beautiful. And yet, in all honesty, it is far more layered than one may initially expect. To follow can mean to pursue or to try to run after or to imitate or to even obey. And we all know that because we love the Padre, 
And that means to listen. Ultimately, hopefully, as you follow, you will gradually empty yourself and, and love for God. And fortunately, as you do this, we know that the beloved is known to grace you at various stages of your awakening. And part of that grace will be the strength, the perseverance, and the courage to be able to continue onto your path in holiness, no matter what arises. You will be grateful for the blessing of strength, for your inner self in all its complexities is going to arise and challenge you. So the meaning of what a mystic is, is, is actually very complex. It's actually a poetic journey. And to try to define it actually almost requires a mystical language. For it, it really describes the ultimate revelation within and the union with the divine. It is challenging to define for two reasons. One, it is a solo journey. It's a very private journey. It's deeply experiential and unique to each of us. It is taken by the indwelling presence within you. And that indwelling presence is your guide and you at the same time, the true you. So it is important to remember that this indwelling presence has always been with you. You are in the process of remembering this. You are actually not creating something new. You are remembering the divinity that yourself is calling you, calling you home. And it calls you into a direct communication with the divine and to be in union and holy relationship. The second reason that this is very difficult to define is that the awakening and the remembering will alight the evolution of your soul. And as you are invited into these mysteries that transcend ordinary knowledge, we really don't have a language for this. The great mystery is a mystery, as scripture said, that's beyond our understanding. So therefore, we only know a small particle of what may actually be occurring. And it makes our definition small, smaller than it actually is. And this is where we can become also entangled in one of the first traps. And that first trap is the label of a mystic. So once we label ourselves, we now turn into what I call a hologram of ourself, the false self that may be more interested in the title than in the actual beingness or the essence of the journey. This can happen to any priest, monk, or mystic. They become lost in the bigness of the title and they forget the indwelling presence. This is one reason why Mary asks us to pray for the priests. So remember to stay in the essence of the true calling, which you came and were called forth to be in selfless service and not the enticement of a labor. So this path requires courage. Gratefully, we are met with many angels and saints and ascended masters, holy ones, Mary, Christ, Buddha, Yogananda, Amma Bhagwan, who will all help and guide you and love you who have traveled this themselves. 
to be receptive to them, you will develop your intuition. You may also have ecstatic visions. You will feel to more feel feel pulled to more prayer and contemplation. You will value your inner now in the moment. You will see God in everything. And ultimately, you will become one with all. You will honor all life and beauty. And ultimately, you will become into mystical union with your beloved. And you will attain peace. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock ahead of them, he walks ahead of them and they follow him and because they know his voice. This is from John. This is such a beautiful statement from scripture. It is true. You will know the voice. The voice may come to you in prayer or in contemplation, in silence. It may come at a CLM event, perhaps even tonight. The voice may be Christ. It may be the Blessed Mother. It may be Amma Bhagwan. It may be Yogananda. It may be Teresa of the Little Flower, Teresa of a Villa, Hildegard, St. Clair of Assisi, maybe Padre Pio, Ron Roth. These were all great mystics. The voice will call you and you will follow because you know this voice. Whether you have ever met them or not, it, it doesn't matter. Inside yourself, whether you expect it or not, you will recognize the vibrational presence of something more loving and more magnificent than you feel yourself to be. When I started my spiritual journey on earth, it began with a near-death experience when I saw Christ. I made a vow to Christ that I wanted to come back and remind people of the light and the love because people forget. I had no idea at nine how I was going to do this, but I did know for certain that Christ was who I made the vow to and I would follow. I do not recall the sound of his voice for it was an interior communication of the heart without words, but I know his presence. I know his essence and that is where I follow. What developed for me at first was not prayer, but rather my intuition. You may find you develop prayer first, and that is fine. But at some point, I strongly recommend that you develop your intuition at some stage in the journey. In my own journey, I spent almost 29 years of my life doing spiritual readings. They were based mostly on the esoteric sciences, especially spiritual astrology. These re readings required me to be in contemplation and intuitive space for many hours a day. In order to enter into this contemplative, intuitive state, my office was filled with pictures of angels and saints and Mary and crystals and sage and Native American women and and my dog. It was very much like a CLM altar. It was a sacred space. 
I felt I needed to have this atmosphere around me so I could enter into these prolonged states of contemplative intuition and stillness. I love this process. And I found this place that felt so comfortable and homey, but I had no idea it was changing me at the time. For five days a week, four hours a day, I was in an altered state of awareness, deeply connected to my interior knowing, listening to that indwelling presence, relying on my intuition and listening for holy guidance. Eventually it changed my brain patterns, which was discovered back in the 90s when I went for a, of a routine EEG. My brain waves had changed. Just like we hear about monks or Buddhist brain cha waves changing when they meditate or they pray for long periods of time. What I was told by my physician was that I remained in the lower frequencies of theta and delta until about four o'clock in the afternoon, which are basically sleep states. And at that point around four o'clock in the afternoon, I woke up. And that was interesting because that was usually when I left the office, went to the grocery store and went home to cook dinner. These lower wavelengths of theta and delta are actually sleep states and they're helpful for insightful thinking, developing intuition, accessing information that is beyond our normal consciousness and awareness. It's a suspension of our external awareness around us and coming more into that internal presence. It increases our creativity, our empathy, and our natural healing. So it is in these states, I also believe, we receive the graces from God because we are so receptive and we are not aware at the time that it's helping us to change as well. So in our time in this world where there is so much uncertain, it would be most helpful to you to become more intuitive and receptive and to follow the voice that is your beloved and the indwelling presence within you. The Blessed Mother, a true mystic and one of the greatest saints our world has ever known. There have been more visions of the Blessed Mother on earth than any other saint in history. She appears all over the world to all different cultures, all different peoples, and all different forms, forms that they can recognize. She is revered and loved in return by all people around the world. Think about this. How rare is that? Where do we come together right now in all races, all cultures, all in love for something that we commonly share with each other from every country all over the world. This itself is a miracle worth pondering. It's so understandable for her mission is peace in our world. Here in this picture, she's inviting us into her sacred heart. For me, this is who invited me. For you, the journey into the heart may be a different path and a different calling with another ascended master calling you, which could be Christ. But it's important to know that no matter who it is or how you receive the invitation, 
the important thing is that you enter into this profound journey into the sacred heart. It will ultimately bring you into peace. Of course, this is a journey also into your own heart. And it is inevitable that you will encounter and experience all the wounds in your heart. You will experiencing the suffering throughout the world, which can be enormously painful. And yet as well, you will experience your capacity to love, to forgive, to have mercy and kindness for all living creatures on the earth. You will love beauty. Yet even more humbling, and this is the miraculous part, it is a journey into the beloved's heart. For me, it was entering into her heart, the Blessed Mother's heart, an invitation that took me years to accept inside myself. That not only was it really happening, but that I was worthy to enter in. It took me a long time. Remembering back the first time I knew this invitation had become, I was in Medjugorje. We had gone to Vixa's house, old house, where for years, many years, she had daily apparitions of the Blessed Mother. Needless to say, I'm sure that you know this was a very sacred home. The room itself was very small and simple. It was about eight by 10 feet, had a very sort of nondescript sofa in it. It had a big statue of Jesus and a statue of Mary and a very small little statue of Mary with her sacred heart. Something compelled me to touch this heart. I could not believe I was touching the statue to begin with, but something inside me compelled me to do it and I cannot imagine how I would not have responded to that call. Instantly the room was filled with the fragrance of roses. It was intoxicating for everyone and particularly awakening for our guide who in all the decades that she had been giving to us had never smelled the fragrance of roses around Mary. But something happened inside of me and it was something profound and unnameable that had begun in me and that that something was my sacred heart and it was in hers and some sort of seed had been planted. This is one of the most important awakenings of the mystical journey. It is most humbling, the invitation to become one with your beloved in their heart. So how can I explain this journey into the heart in a practical way without using mystical language that can make it seem also unattainable? So I pondered this and then I looked at my dog and I had a holy instant. So the language that you're gonna hear is the language of the Blessed Mother, but again, you change this language to match your individual path. Welcome to Dolphin. This picture is 12 years old, when, taken when Dolphin was a puppy of about 10 weeks. And for some reason recently, this picture miraculous, miraculously showed up on my phone just a couple of weeks ago. I have a feeling this picture after 12 years was 
intentionally meant to be part of this presentation and some evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit helping me. So this photograph, of course, is not the best. It's not the best quality photo I could have found, but this is a miraculous photograph and much loved, just like the Velveteen Rabbit. For you see, this little puppy was and is the reincarnation of my former dog, Gandalf, who died at five and came back to me. It was one of the greatest gifts I have ever been given for in dolphins, as little puppies, selfless service to me, he chose to come back. Evidently not going on to the next person he was meant to help, but instead returning to me and healing my broken heart. So I am holding a miracle. In this picture, I am the mother holding the puppy. And I am in joy and immense love and gratitude for this little life I am embracing. If this could be a picture of how God looks at us, we are the little puppy. And these are the loving hands holding us safe. We are looked at as a miracle, a creation that comes from love. In this place, we enter the sacred heart. We are held in the hands and the arms of the mother. We are held in the protection of her mantle. We are held in the protection of her sacred heart. It is here that we nestle in and we feel safe enough to open ourselves and to grow in faith that will serve us well. Many, many times in our life we will return to this place and seek solace. As the Blessed Mother says at the opening of all of her apparitions, dear children, as she honors and respects and sees that innocent, loving place inside all of us. As we're told so often in scripture, become like little children. God will make beauty out of your little life. This is my dog running to me when I call him. He is in joy. This is how I feel when I would run to the mother upon hearing her call. I was yearning for her. I wanted to hear her call and I waited. I waited on it. When my dog was young, he used to walk around the block in a very unusual way. And my former dog, Gandalf, did the same thing. He would sit and wait patiently while Rick and I walked ahead. And I could feel his heart yearning for me to call him when we were about 40 feet away and remember him. And I would turn around then and I'd say, Dolphin, come. And he would come bounding to me, running and joyful. And then he would sit and he would wait and we would walk on and he would wait for me to call him. And I would call Dolphin, come. And he would come bounding to me. And this is how he liked to walk around. I was like this waiting for the mother to call me. I would run to Medjugorje whenever I heard the calling with joy in my heart, that ecstasy in your heart you feel. Waiting for the call, hoping the Blessed Mother would call me, remembering me, remembering my name. Many, many trips occurred and many more were planned in my heart. I would read volumes of all kinds of books written on her from Lourdes 
the Fadima, Garambal, Medjugorje, Cabejo, just to feel the presence of her, just waiting within me for that ecstasy in my heart, which I knew was her voice calling. I smelled the fragrance of roses everywhere. Saw the miracles of the sun whenever I needed counsel and guidance. I always wore a rosary on me and I touched it many times a day when I needed to pray or just feel the connection. Yet we run to our beloved when we are not just waiting for the expectant joy. We run when we are frightened. We run when we are overwhelmed with life. When we have lost everything. When we are financially burdened. When we have a broken heart. When our egos are overwhelming us and they're controlling our lives. When we have lost faith. When the fires and storms are all around us and we feel so small. When we are experiencing the dark night of the soul and we're in the desert and fearful we will never be found by God. A fear that we are forgotten and we are lost and we wait hoping to be called. Mother Teresa experienced this dark night for 60 years a fear that she privately held that God had abandoned and forgotten her. And still she prayed the rosary every day and was devoted to Our Lady and to Christ. Yet look at her. And you can see her soul's beauty and its holiness. And God graced her without her knowing. This is what happens to us. In my life, it was my moments when I was most lost, but when I was most found. The Blessed Mother found me. She heard me calling in my small voice and came with her love and filled me, even if I didn't know it. This is Dolphin gazing at me. What you don't know is that I'm gazing back at him in the photograph. This is devotion. For the last 12 years, I have been blessed to have this miraculous being love me and adore me. This is loyalty, faithfulness, love, presence, strength, his eyes always on me, following me everywhere I go, helping me believe in myself. For ultimately, I know that even when I'm afraid that I might flounder, I know that no matter what, my dog will always love me. And this is how the divine looks at us. It's a little challenging to accept that God loves us like this. It's much easier to accept it's our dog. But this is the truth. All mystics describe the same thing. They experience the love and the oneness of the creator. So the blessed beloved gazes at us. And we gaze back at the divine through adoration. Through this devotion and adoration, our hearts flourish and they open. And now an intimate and personal relationship is, de is developing. There is a knowing that you are loved and even more importantly, an experience that you are capable of loving back at this magnitude. So we've come into deeper prayer at this stage, really into a silent communication. 
the path of forgiveness or true perception becomes the essence of our heart. This is where the sacred heart blooms. Our indwelling presence, it honors the presence and the presence honors us as we truly are. We are fully seen into the deepest parts of our soul. We cannot be helped but be filled with gratitude. It is a gratitude that we lived this lifetime to know this, to having been touched by this presence and this love surrounds us and raises us in a soulful awakening. We are remembering ourselves. It was during this stage about six years ago that I consecrated my life to the Blessed Mother. You don't need to follow this path if you don't feel called to it, but if you are called to this, you can just go to the level three of the syllabus in the education program, and there's some books there that will help you with that and how to do that. You can also consecrate yourself to Christ, and the books are there also. In the end, or in the beginning as it may be, the desire to awaken leads all of us to the opening of this sacred heart. The oneness and love are at the center of it all, calling us to remember and to love each other, to serve, to love God, and to love ourselves. Okay, so Padre and Thomas, I would like at this moment to ask you a question. And so Thomas, I think I'm actually going to begin with you. So Thomas, are there any stages in what we've just talked about that resonates with your experience? Very many. I, I was actually, forgive me, but I was taking notes because I loved it so much. There was a piece about awakening that transcends ordinary knowledge. Mm -hmm. and that we only actually know a small mm -hmm. part of what's occurring. Yeah. And I think I, from the time you first brought that big mural mm -hmm. on the Blessed Mother to the retreat yeah. and gave your first talk, and, and I said to you, I want that. I want yes, you that, that you have in you, in me. And you're very generous years afterwards to to always remind me that, that I had found that. Yes, you did. And so I have a room full of Blessed Mother. I wear a medallion <laughs> from Blessed Mother. I, I, I see her and feel her. And, and I thought your dog, the dog who only runs to you when you call it, when you go for a walk, <laughs> was, was perfect because that really is the essence of my experience because I really need to make a directional shift. I'm, I, she's at the head of my bed. She's on either side of my bed. I have altars there. <laughs> yeah. She's at the, the other end of my room. And I, I still find that in my life, that that's the mother, that's the healing presence, that's the origin of care and compassion that I experience from something that we're all referring to as, as Blessed Mother. And then, and then at times I feel like 
In Fatima, there were three children. There were two girls and a boy. The, the story that I know. Yes, and please correct was. me if I'm wrong, but the, the little boy no, could not hear her. That's right. Yeah. That's correct. He couldn't hear. And when I saw that and felt that, I felt like, that's me. Because mm-hmm. I get in the way. I can see her and I can feel her, but so often I can't hear her. And so I feel like that's one of the reasons why Padre called me to do the Zoom call, to take a step so I can hear her. Thomas, this is absolutely beautiful. And I am sure that there are so many that relate to what you just described. And I am so grateful that you brought up the stories that you did and have, because I, I recognize those and I recognize those in you. And you can feel the presence of the Blessed Mother that's grown within you over the years. Ever since you first called out and said, I want, I want this. And that was, your, that was a seed that was planted in you. And it's so beautiful to see it blossoming. Thank you, Virginia. Yeah. So, Padre. Yeah, okay. okay, careful here. Do you, have, <laughs> do you have a story that the Holy Spirit is calling you to share about your own journey and the entrance into the Sacred Heart or hearing the call? You know, listening to your talk and also of Thomas's sharings you know, there's so many connections in the spirit that each of us draw to and when you talk about when the mother calls us and being in Medjugorje I've been there 16 times I know oh. that feeling when she's <laughs> yeah. supernatural or crazy whatever it is but I yeah. know that feeling I know when she says it's time I mean that, that's just a beginning point yeah. you start but I also know, like your dog, there's someone who has your attention. And early on in my youth, 17, 18 years old, I had a conversion experience, Holy Spirit experience. And then I would go to Ron Ross healing services and Bible studies with my parents. And of course, being with your parents and call it older people, because that's where they go. Yeah. <laughs> Over here watching <laughs> me and them, that they, they would say to me, Oh, I can see you becoming a priest. And it's like, Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Being a Catholic, you know, and it's just like, but I recognize what they saw. But the form in my back then, I didn't want that. You know, I wanted to be married and have kids. That was just where I was at. You know, I have siblings, I have 13 siblings. So I like people around me. And so being a priest would just kind of close that door <laughs> a little bit. Mm. But look, almost, what, 50 years later, yeah. I'm Archbishop. I'm Shepherd of Celebrating Life. So they saw yeah. what I am today. Yes. The dog sees what you are right now. It's that present moment. And Mary sees it. Christ sees it. You know, I was kind of doomed from the beginning. <laughs> I was born on... <laughs> Uh, the feast day of our lady yes you were yes so, you were <laughs> didn't understand it but mary has always been a big part and born in may of course so there was always this flavor of mary so when that voice shows up now i know i'm paying attention but here's what i also would say there's in each of us 
there's certain people or experiences that we have that really captures our heart. And I always say we don't understand it until we first have the experience and then we have the language later. And to me, that's what each of you who are listening, there's something in your heart that's tugging and says, I've been there, I know that experience, or I want to know that experience. And to me, if you're on this Zoom teleclass, you're going to experience that. I guarantee you're going to experience it because it's the Holy Spirit, it's Mary, the sacred heart of Jesus that is here, that's actually wooing you and say, come on, I'm calling you like dolphin is saying, come on, call me, I'll come. And so I feel your hearts and I just know, you know, even with Virginia's presentation, there's something that draws us into that experience. So but that's just one of many, Virginia. So thank you for that. Beautiful, me. Padre. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. It, is, it is really a pondering thing to think back and think about how, where you began and where you are now and what the plan was. But the, what the divine saw in you and called you, mm -hmm. called you to come forward with, and that took courage. But you did. You you responded, <laughs> and that brings us to this next piece, which I think you'll relate to for sure. The change is inevitable, and on the mystic path, this change tends to surprise, as many changes do. But it requires a change within yourself which we saw in the Padre, in your thinking, in your physical form, and in your perceptions. Okay, so here I am 12 years ago, I'm drifting along peacefully and just in a little sailboat, when one day a thunderstorm came very near and a lightning strike hit a tree that was only 10 feet away from myself and my puppies. And this lightning hit multiple trunks on a very large 70-foot tulip tree just outside our house. And when the lightning hit the tree, blue sparks started pouring out of the electrical outlets and the electricity ran along through the wires and it blew up our stove. And it was a surreal moment. And for a split second, you, you really not, don't know what to make of it all. All you just know is that you're still here. And the recovery inside myself took a, a long time. It took a number of weeks. And my whole sense of myself, my sense of groundedness, my confidence in myself, my whole neurological system had to be rewired and respond and settle to what had happened. And the electrician who came to make sure the house was safe and rewire some things, he shared with me that the pups and I had been in what they would call ground zero. And we were close enough to be dramatically impacted by the lightning. And he shared with me that about 10 million volts of electricity had gone through us at about 200 miles an hour. And so if you think of what your neurological system is trying to incorporate in that instant, you can understand why this would take a while for this to recalibrate. And it took me a while, but I knew in the process that my system had changed. I just didn't know how. I was more though, aside from being in awe that my body could recover from this, I was actually more in awe of the power of nature and the forces that are beyond our control. There are unexpected moments on the mystical path that, that will be like this and it will change you. I remember being in 
awe of the presence of Christ when I was in heaven. But this was different. This was being in awe of the power of the larger forces as they come to earth. How small one feels. And my sense is that many in our country right now are feeling this. How small one may feel. And yet, if we look at it slightly differently, the lightning strike was really a metaphor for the intensity of the power of the divine to flow through you, and it will change your world. And all you can do is say yes. You're still here. You say yes, and your body, your whole system recalibrates as the divine flows through you. So when Mary first appeared to the visionaries in Medjugorje, almost all of them ran away. Vixa ran so hard she ran out of her shoes and left them behind. Ivan, when he was asked why he ran away from such a beautiful being, he said, I felt so unworthy in the presence of Our Lady. And this is such a universal feeling, this feeling of being so small, unworthy, but it's an encounter. It's an encounter with forces that are larger than you, and you will experience it. So we all know this story, the story of Jesus walking on water. So just to review, in case some of you aren't completely refreshed with this little story, Jesus had sent the disciples out into a little boat to cross to the other side of the lake. And he went up to the hill to pray. And meanwhile, while the disciples were out on the water, a storm came up with strong wind and huge waves, and they were frightened. And about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on water. When they saw him, they were terrified. Think about that. Kind of like the visionaries in Medjugorje. And Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. And I think these are words that we can remember all the time. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. And so Peter called out to him and said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you. Just like my little dog, Dolphin. Tell me to come to you walking on water. And so Jesus called him. And so Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. And Jesus asked him, why did you doubt me? So traditionally, what I've heard when I've heard this story, this passage is interpreted that Peter became overwhelmed with the physical circumstances surrounded him, meaning the actual storm and the impossibility of walking on water and the strength of the storm and the waves. And therefore, he became terrified, doubted, stumbled and fell. And we can, we can all relate to that story. But there's another consideration to make that I heard from Bishop Nisley in Rhode Island. And that is to consider that Peter was actually terrified of the wind. So we know that the wind in scripture is often a metaphor for the Holy Spirit. So look at it in this light. Peter was in awe of what was swirling around him. The power of the Holy Spirit. And even more, who was walking towards him, Christ himself. He became overwhelmed by the power of the Spirit and in awe of the divine. 
And in this moment, as Peter was walking, he was following Christ. So let's take this even a step deeper. Just imagine for a moment what it would be like if you were in this situation and were actually walking on water towards the power of the beloved. Would you be overwhelmed? So this is actually the journey of the mystic. It's far more powerful and intense than being close to a lightning strike. This is actually emptying yourself so completely that you can walk on water as Peter was doing, meaning you are becoming like Christ and with the consciousness of what is actually in front of you. You have left the physical world behind and you are now bending what the mind believes is possible. We acknowledge Peter actually for being able to even hold for however few moments he did, that he was walking on water. He was being as Christ, regardless if he fell. He actually held for a time this consciousness and became the consciousness of Christ, following the divine. And that was clearly a profound transformation within himself. This is a mystic. So sometimes, in a much smaller way, I have experienced this transformation at the CLM healing events. When one empties oneself to be a vessel for the divine and hold that vessel for a long period of time, afterwards, I would need to retreat to my room like a cave just to recover from the presence and the profound grace that had poured through me. Sometimes coming back from a CLM retreat, I would actually retreat to my cave for days to recover. At times I was in awe of what was happening to me. And at the same moment, something in me was trying to assimilate the consciousness and presence. And I was in awe of it and it was changing me. This transformation is the grace of God. So Padre and Thomas, I'd like to ask you a question. Thomas, was there a time in the CLM healing services when you had to take a time to assimilate the frequency that was pouring through you? Thank you. I, as, <laughs> as, I, as I understand it, assimilate means to inherit, to fully inherit. And from the very first retreat I went to, in, in all of the retreats, I had, there was so much to assimilate. And, th and I don't want to talk about this too much because I talk about it in my talk, but the first retreat I went to, Padre dropped me and called me, said, here, Lord, is your prodigal son. And I'm still inheriting that very much in, in every bit of my life. And that I can only, I'm, I can only think about or, or review the times and things that happen in all these retreats. It, like, like a song that George sang, the, the one about the river, the one about mm -hmm. the presence in heaven, that you guys remember. We sang them, and it wasn't so much 
that we were singing that it was joyful, although that was a wonderful thing. It was the tone. It was the tone of the moment of the retreat that Holy Spirit was running through us like a current. Yes. And, and so much so during the communion services where, where I, remember, I remember everybody going to their knees and, and me mm-hmm. feeling like there was somebody pushing me down from behind me or, or be trying to stand and be in an, an usher and not being able to, not being able to hold my composure. Mm-hmm. And, and because I felt the presence of something that I experienced as Christ or Yeshua mm-hmm. or, or a consciousness that's way beyond me. And, and I don't think, Virginia, I'm, I don't think I've ever given myself enough time to assimilate. I don't think, I think in some way I, I got to go back to work on Monday. Maybe I worked a little bit or I couldn't work very much or whatever it was. I just, or it was a travel day from Connecticut or whatever it was. It was just like that. The only time I think I ever really stopped to assimilate was in Brazil. Mm -hmm. And we, and that's all I was doing was assimilating. Yes. And, and then, and then in that sense, I felt overwhelmed with the physical conditions. Again, I took notes while you spoke. And the forces larger than me kept coming to me. And for that, I just, even now, if I never go back to Brazil, I have that moment. You have it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Beautiful. Beautifully said, Thomas. I loved how you brought in all the experiences at CLM and the experiences at the CASA. You know, I think I know so many, so many can relate to what that experience was like. And will and is for us. So thank you, thank you for that reflection. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. So Padre, a question for you. Here you go. Did you ever go through a stage where you had to adjust to the awe of God? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's so many. You know, it, this one's a weird one because it was one of my first retreats with Ron Roth. He said, well, he's going to do a retreat in Maggie Valley, uh, North Carolina. And he invited me to come along for the weekend. So I took off, I mean, I took off work and went with him. And I remember experiencing this overwhelming presence. And as most of my followers know, when that comes over me, I'm, I'm like a little baby. I just ball. I mean, it's just, it just goes yeah. through it's that tenderness. Yeah. All that I know is God. Well, it happened there as Ron was teaching. And I'm sitting back being a nice, good gentleman, you know, protector of all. And then I start sobbing. And of mm-hmm. course, then Ron comes over and he goes, quit your crying. Keep your eyes open. The Holy Spirit's going to be doing work. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, assimilate that in the very beginning. I promise it's like, it's it's new it's something mm-hmm. and i believe as we're speaking now some people are there, something's happening to them and mm-hmm. i just want to, uh, them don't worry you don't have to worry it will identify itself to you it's about god's love mary's love for you the entity's love beings of light already know your intention and desire to help heal you and also call you home to the divine mother to divine father so, and there's so many more, but, you know, I, I love the remembrance and thank you for taking me on that journey. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Padre. 
and thank you for bringing up what it may be happening to some people because I, you know, that anointing and that presence, that is what it is to be on the mystic's path. And it will be occurring, I'm sure, during this series for people. So here we come to rest, the lamb at peace with the lion. This is where we've really gone through an awakening and we've coming into more of an enlightened state. It's actually, because it's so peaceful and about peace, it's a beautiful image of Mary's mission to bring peace to ourselves and to our world. It's also a message the Dalai Lama has served as well. And so many other ascended masters have carried that an openness to become one with everything that is. Our invitation for tonight was to, about to follow me. And as you can see from what we've been talking about, it's a path of consciousness and love and service for the divine. It's really a hero or heroine's journey for you will confront darkness and you will be asked to change your perceptions. You will do things you're not sure that you can do. You will have to call on resources deep within yourself to complete the journey and you'll be graced beyond the from the blessings from the Holy One. You will enter into the mystery. You will find stillness within yourself and you will hear a true voice calling you. You may become lost, but that is when you'll be most found. You'll be asked to find courage inside of you. And at the same time, you will place, find a place inside yourself that is so small. Yet ultimately, what we're being asked to do is so beautiful, to open to the magnificence of the divine. The holy grace that is you and always has been will become one with God's love because it is one. You are now in holy relationship and you're experiencing an enlightenment. St. Clair of Assisi was one of mystics that traveled this earth and embodied a true journey of faith as enlightened beings have done before her and after. And Claire's way was to completely empty herself and in so doing, allow more of Christ in her. As she said, you become what you love, you become who you love, and who you love shapes who you become. How simple. Through love, the burning faith for God, she'd slowly transformed over the course of her life. And in that transformation, she became a deep vessel of compassion in Christ and grace, and she embodied the Christ. And so like Claire, you empty yourself and open fully to your sacred heart and with faith and the true self within you, the indwelling presence, you will experience the eternal presence and come home. You will remember yourself. May these words from scripture inspire you to continue on the journey. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Amen. Virginia, you really knocked it out of the park, just wrapped up your whole message for tonight. Just follow. You know, I believe the, the invitation is just come. 
whether we have a relationship with Christ or Mary or not, I want to take away that language if that's not your language, but there's that invitation. You know, even dolphin that says, come, it's as simple as that. God is very simple. He takes you where you're at and draws you near. So as we participate in this healing service right now, you just put your intentions out there. And I'm going to have Thomas start first about your intention and then pray. And I'll have Virginia follow and I will follow Virginia. We're trying to meet everyone's need, but God knows them all. So we go to our heart and just in the simplicity of our intention, just put them out there. But Thomas, can you lead us with your intention and then the prayer? Audrey, my intention is to be a light for others and to be my true self. Praise God. Holy Spirit, we are expanded in your presence and we are so grateful. We are on the path of God. Help us when we get up from our prayer and meditation to strengthen our abilities to hold focus on all that you are. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you, God. Beautiful. Beautiful Virginia. And my intention for tonight is attention that I think that all of us in the world right now could use, and that is there be peace in our homes peace in our hearts, peace in our country and our world. So this evening, may the grace of the Holy Mother fall upon all of you that are listening to this call and fill you with strength and perseverance and courage. May her grace fill you completely to overflowing with love from her sacred heart and that your heart in return may respond and bloom and flower and become open with forgiveness and mercy and kindness. May the light that shines above become the light that shines in us. And may our radiance reflect the brilliance of our beloved. And so with that, Padre, will you come with a closing prayer? I concur with both you and Thomas. It's about uh, the loving anointing of Mary, of the sacred heart of Jesus, sacred heart of Mary, that is wooing us into that place called our home, where we come from and where we'll be going once we pass through this body into eternal light. Our, really the intention, and I think Virginia covered that, was especially the fires that are happening in the West mm -hmm. Coast, COVID-19, the virus, those who've been affected or those who are fearful of that or the quarantine, you know, just trying to meet your daily need right now. The smoke that the fires are protruding, there's challenges all around us. There are people who are out of work because of uh, closing down some businesses. We're just looking for finances, a work, or a loss of their health. We all can be challenged by that. And, and fear can take over. But when we tap into what Virginia just talked about, someone who's calling us home, that says, I'll take care of you. It's in that place that we know that we know that we know. And I'm just going to allow the Holy Spirit now to touch you 
in the very place that you are, the very room that you're setting or lying down, that um, the Father, the release the ministering angels, because they know your need and they know how to connect you with the heavenly realm or that healing. For people who have a stroke or someone who's caring for them who's had surgery or looking for surgery, the angels are already released for, into your care for that, for that healing. Also for those who, whose children, you're still concerned about your children, whether their behavior, whether it's just the environment that is around them, that the Holy Spirit, our Blessed Mother, is already wrapping her arms around that situation and trust in the guidance that comes, the wisdom that comes, because it is here. All you have to do is go into the silence. You'll hear that voice, just like <laughs> Dolphin was waiting for Virginia's mm -hmm. voice. Come. You'll hear that. I guarantee you, you'll hear, come. Listen to me. And you'll tap into that a beautiful thing. Somebody with a brain element, something to do with the brain. That could be with the stroke or not, but there's just something that clarity for the brain just to, and for someone with a stomach issue or digestive tract, the Holy Spirit is touching that area right now. And all I can say is fear not. And a lot of times when these words of knowledge comes, there's something we need to do. We first need to acknowledge, oh, that's me. So we know the divines already knows your particular area. And usually there's a, a sidetrack or a, uh, instruction. Maybe it's to forgive. Maybe it's to be humble. And it's like, well, don't tell me that. It's like, well, it's just the flow. You're learning the language of the spirit. And don't be afraid of that because we all want to grow in that union. Somebody with an eye issue. It's not both eyes. It's just one. It could be clarity. Like I'm wearing glasses. I need my glasses, but there's an eye infection that's really affecting one eye. So, but if it's both of yours, fine, but just knowing that the Holy Spirit is touching that. Besides cancer, maybe you know someone who might have cancer or have cancer. We're just going to allow the Holy Spirit to break that curse, break that alignment with death, and allow the new life, the Holy Spirit, just breathe. Like Virginia talked about that wind, the wind of the Holy Spirit. We'll just allow that wind now to pass through you and just cleanse you, renew you, restore you. And in a relationship, people, sometimes they come and go, and some people are, are really dealing with a hard relationship. And that's personal, but also in the workplace. So we just want to allow the Holy Spirit to, to bring clarity, bring a new light to see themselves and yourself taking a step back and saying, okay, I get it, I'm clear. Then we don't have to involve with the emotional part and just allow grace to take over and make the crooked path straight. So Holy Spirit, we just celebrate you. And as that word that went for come follow me from our hearts, we say, yes, show me the way, show me to the light of Christ, show me to the light being, show me the angels that surround you. And Father, as a special favor, during their sleep time in the next week, just speak to them. Show them their greatness. Show them the, your love for them. Show them the tenant. Show them heaven where we're all going to end up. I thank you, O Lord, our God, for this divine anointing. And I bless each of you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So good.
So thank you for joining thank us, you. Virginia. It's a wow. Thank you so much, <laughs> Thomas. Thank you for thank joining us. We get to listen Thank next you. week to Thomas's. <laughs> 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 oh. Thank you for joining this song, everyone. <laughs> Thomas,